I've got to be totally honest with the uh, audience out there. I cannot think of another variety show where you can go from a rose, rosemary plant to then talking sports. That's exactly what we're going to do. And you never really know what Kelly and company is going to throw at you from uh, Monday to Friday. Unless you're like a real avid listener and you know exactly which contributors coming up when but uh, our next uh, guest slash contributor is someone that I have had the pleasure of talking to and interviewing on uh, the neutral zone and I'm talking about Sam Cosentino who is with Sportsnet and he is a panelist and analyst and literally every time I turn my tv on he's somewhere on there Sam welcome back to our program nice to have you along Hey, Brock. Thanks for having me. Uh, how you, how's everything going? Everything's going well. I'm, uh, you know, wearing multiple hats, as usually you talk to me over on our sports show, which you'll do in a couple of weeks. But pleasure to be joined by you now. Um, Sam, I kind of mentioned it, but uh, what have you been up to lately in regards to uh, Sportsnet? And I see you all over the TV, but what what's your roles now? Yeah, things have changed a little bit. So when the, when the CHL rights uh, left Sportsnet. That kind of left me in a in a little bit of a lurch. And last year, um, they asked me to to come in and do some studio work on NHL games. And you know, I got a bunch of reps doing that. And it was something that I always figured I could do. Um, and I think it worked out better for both me and Sportsnet than than either of us had anticipated at the start. So uh, that's sort of morphed into the gig of um, you know being a guy who can be in the booth in an NHL game, which, which happens occasionally, uh, not as much as I'd like, but uh, still happens. So that's great. Uh, someone who works in the, in the studio, uh, supporting our, our national and regional telecasts and someone who continues to work in the draft. So it's really a hybrid role, if you will. I, you know, because I'm not an ex player, um, it, it, I think it's, maybe open some doors, it's closed some others. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Sportsnet uh, views me as a, as a valuable kind of uh, Swiss Army knife, if you will. And um, and I'm happy to play that role. So uh, it's been good. So sometimes you'll see me on Wednesdays and Fridays, and sometimes you'll see me in the booth on a Saturday night. And other times you'll uh, see me uh, talking about the draft and, and prospects and, and other things. So it's uh, it's really cool because it kind of keeps you on your toes and uh, there's a lot of variety to it. So I, I, I'm lucky to, to still have a good gig. Uh, sounds like you're very busy. It's good. I, I enjoy it. So That's good to It's funny though because, you. yeah, it's funny because like, you know, people maybe don't see me on TV as much or on, on, on big events. And so they wonder like, are you still working or what are you doing? But a lot of my work is, is behind the scenes. It's talking to people. It's, it's creating draft lists. It's watching video on players and that sort of thing. And, and it's getting out to games, um, all stuff that I really, really enjoy. It helps me to continue to build the network. So I, I'm lucky to be busy doing the things that I love to do. Probably a lot like you guys over there. That's great, yeah. Sam. Sam, I was wondering about uh, Hockey Canada's negative press. Do you think that this will have an effect on this year's tournament? You know, lots of people have been focused on some pretty unpleasant things going on. 
Yeah, there's no there's no question about it. So definitely from a monetary perspective and a sponsor perspective, uh, I think we've already seen a significant impact. Um, from a fan perspective, though, uh, you will you will I'm sure see some impact either in the TV numbers or the, the live audience uh, on site numbers. Uh, but by the same token of what has happened in the past, sometimes it can be difficult to hold this year's group of kids to the standards or to the same level in which you despise the things that have happened with those groups previously. In other words, the kids that are representing Canada this year at the World Juniors weren't involved in what happened in 2018 or 2003. The group itself in terms of Hockey Canada and some of the management people were definitely present then. And those people are, I think, haven't been held to their full account yet, but I do think it's coming. Um, and so there is that to, to, to consider. But in terms of strictly just watching the 23 players that are going to be on that team, um, you have to, I think, also consider the fact that those players were not involved in what happened in 2018. And, and so you can choose at that point whether to support those, those players by going and purchasing tickets live or, or going to watch it on television. Now, I, I feel kind of odd asking you this question, but I'm going to do it anyways because for the, for the casual audience member, they may not realize this. And I think when you look at, you know, sponsors pulling out uh, from Hockey Canada, people, people question whether or not events would be able to run. Was the World Juniors ever in doubt because of the sponsors? pulling out or was this thing running, you know, come blank or high water, if you will? No, I, I think there was some doubt for sure. I mean, these events really, they don't run without sponsorship. They don't get the kind of TV play uh, that they get without, without advertisers and, and sponsorship. And so, you know, I think there are some that have remained, you know, I, I guess if you're going to pull anything positive from, from just purely from a money perspective, some of those funds have been redistributed a little bit, and I think that's a good thing, you know, right. to to the women's game, to the para, to the para games, um, and I think that's a good thing actually. So, um, you know, there's a little bit of a reckoning in in all of that. But to get back to the original question as to whether or not this World Juniors was in peril, I think at some points it was, um, but on the government, because from what I can understand and what I was reading earlier today. You know, the governments are holding Hockey Canada to account that there's going to be uh, specific training needed to be taken by players and staff in both New Brunswick and Nova Scotia in order for their teams to participate. And I think that's a good thing. I, I'm, I'm glad that it's the government who stepped up to hold people to account and not let necessarily allow Hockey Canada to govern itself because this is why we're, we're in this predicament in the first place. Yeah, I think you, you had to see... Um you know, some authorities step up to kind of help navigate through this process. If we look at um, this year's team, obviously there is such a turnover from year to year with uh, this team. And I was uh, watching a uh, preview show and there was thought of uh, three players returning, of which was announced uh, today or late last night. 
Uh, Shane Wright would be one of them. Uh, how big of a role will he play on this team? Well, I mean, he should have a prominent role. Um, you know, by proxy, typically the NHL teams have a pretty good idea in which role the player is going to play before releasing that player because, hey, you know, if you're the Seattle Kraken, you're in a playoff position, and while they haven't used Shane a lot, they also don't want him to take a step backwards and, and not be used a lot there either. They, if, You know, if he wasn't going to be used a lot in either case, they'd rather not use him a lot in the National Hockey League, if that makes any sense to you. So I, I think by proxy of that, I'd probably have a pretty prominent role as a number one or two center. Um, and remember, he's reunited with a couple of guys, one in particular, Brennan Hoffman, who he's had a boatload of success with going back to his minor hockey days. So I think um, they're they're going to lean on him pretty good. Yeah, I, I think, the, the you know, I, I think he's played somewhere in and around, like it's under 10 uh, games that he's played with Seattle. Uh, what's, a, what's a benefit to Seattle for, for sending him? Because the obvious answer to this is, oh, we don't want to see him get injured. Uh, no guff. Uh, but what is the benefit to, to Seattle in saying, look, go, go and do this. We want you to do it. Benefit is you get back with kids that are your own age. And you can kind of live that kid life a little bit again, if you will. Um, Not only, you know, off the ice and getting to hang with buddies who are more like-minded, you know, he's in the NHL and probably half of his team or more is married with kids and they're kind of doing their own thing before and after practices and so on and so forth. Here you're going to be locked right into the event with kids your own age who have similar interests, uh, video games or or movies or, uh, or that sort of thing. So I think right. that's a huge, a huge benefit. But the opportunity to go and and to play a lot, which he hasn't had that opportunity other than his short time in Coachella Valley in the American Hockey League this year, he just hasn't had a lot of time to do that. Um, and so that's probably the biggest benefit is what's going to be afforded to him on ice, and that's the ability to play a lot, to be leaned on in, in key high leverage situations, and uh, you know obviously the. The hope is and the expectation is when someone's loaned to Team Canada that they're also going to have a winning experience. And I think Canada right now is positioned to, to do that. Right. And I guess we're going to – we only got a couple of minutes left here. But I do want to finish up on one of the bigger question marks, and that is goaltending. Uh, in about one minute, what is the biggest concern about goaltending? And do you believe it's going to get straightened out? You have two younger goaltenders, so winning this event with a younger goaltender is always a challenge. You have two veteran netminders who, one in Tyler Brennan out in Prince George, who's actually played well this year, and another in Ben Gaudreau who, in Sarnia who hasn't had a good year. So, you know, how is it all going to play out? You know, camp is going to be the big determinant there uh, as to who plays best in camp. Uh, but I would have to agree it's it's a little bit of a shaky spot going in right now. But I do think with the four goaltenders, you know, they'll they'll take uh, probably three of them and leave one of them on ice, uh, meaning like on the you know in the seats just in case there's an injury and they don't have to fly someone out to the East Coast. But you know, I do believe that camp will get things settled, and and you have to wonder for those guys too if getting the opportunity to represent their country is not. Uh, to kind of get them back playing at their top of their game, um, that that can happen as well. So, uh, 
you know, if you had to look at the three positions between forward D and goalie, you probably have your most question marks in, in goal right now. Right. Yes. Well, Sam, uh, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to do this interview on uh, this program. And we'll be talking to you again soon on uh, the video neutral zone uh, podcast on the uh, 18th released on the 19th. Thanks so much for doing this. Awesome. Thanks. Take care. And that was Sam Cosentino, who is the analyst for Sportsnet and uh, talking to us all about the World Junior Hockey Championship. Hour two is around the corner. Accessible gaming with Debbie Williams, where she highlights a fun party game. The roundtable is also coming up with Margaret Weldon. And we kick off hour two with the buzz with Bill Shackleton. Stay tuned for that next. Here on Kelly and Company for hour two. We'll be back.